Hi, welcome back to Hope Wednesday. I'm Elisa Flakes, your facilitator. This is a psychoeducational uh, platform where we integrate mental health and psychology. I'm so excited about the lessons that we have been having this month on After You Pray, Breaking Up With Brokenness. And we're looking at it from the brokenness of the spirit, the mind, and this week we're going to talk about the body. All of these components make up who we are. And if there's brokenness in one area, then that means we're still broken and we're not whole. God wants us to be one. He wants us to be whole. He wants his life and his power to to just run through us and be flourishing in every area of our lives that we might become back to the one man that he made us to be in the garden, wholeness. Let's pray. Lord, we thank you for another opportunity to share your word. Please help us to see, God, how the spirit, the soul, and the body, how they interconnect and how they determine the type of life we're going to live here on earth. We thank you for dying for us, O God, so that we can be the children you want us to be, O God. We thank you for an opportunity to go back to Eden. We thank you for this knowledge and this wisdom. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. I heard Joe Dispenza say that in this generation, he's a doctor, he says, if you're going to be ignorant in this day and age, it's going to be on purpose. This is willful ignorance because there's so much knowledge out there that we don't have to be ignorant. If you have a problem with anything, you can go to the internet. And even if you don't want to go to your pastor, which you should absolutely, because that's the order of God, if you're in a different place and you um, are not there, there's just things on the internet and you can, there's no excuse. We get to know. And, but because it takes searching out and we've learned how to be um, just kind of lazy, we don't search out the truth that sets us, that makes us free. We have to be willing to, to do that. We have to be willing to do that. So this week we're looking at breaking up with brokenness in the body, the role that our body plays in keeping us broken and What I want to highlight is our body is the part of us that holds the energy or the emotion of our experiences. So our body is connected. Our body houses and responds to our spirit and our mind. So if the spirit is high and we say we feel God, our body moves or we might feel good. Some people say I feel warm, right? And and if we're sad and if we're depressed, our body, we may cry or we may want to lay down. So our body just manifests whatever's going on in the spirit and whatever's going on in our psychology. So it is the actual reflection. We get to see what's going on through the body. And all behavior is communication. I always say that. We think that we're moving in silence, but our behavior, where our feet go and what our hands do, how our face looks, it's all communicative of what's going on in the spiritual realm and in the psychological realm. We can't hide. My husband talks about um, the micro expressions. So they said they can, they can test and see if someone is lying by the little micro expressions and they can tell if someone has contempt by the little the, the lip will raise. There's just all this, all these things that the body is communicative. If you're mad at someone, you may turn your back on them. Or if you don't want to hear what someone has to say, you kind of 
fold your arms and you're guarded. So there is no way to separate the spirit, the mind, and the body. They all act in concert. And so we want to bring them together in a healthy format so that the spirit is right, the mind is right, and the body produces rightness. But so many times we start with the body. We're symptomatic. We want to look at changing the behavior. And that's what the Pharisee did. They were so focused on, okay, what's going on? Are you offering offerings? Are you praying out loud? Are you dressing holy? Do you wear pants? Or do you, um, you know, do you wear makeup? Do you wear earrings? All of those things, right? Because that's outward adorning, adorning. And the challenge with that is, is you could be clean-faced, have a skirt to the floor, but if your spirit is not right, your mind is not right, but you're dressing right, you're still not right. And Jesus talks about that. He talks about how that you're um, in the inward cup is dirty and you're full of dead men's bone. So we want to know that uh, your brokenness, it includes everything and what you do, how you act, it's a, it's a manifestation of what's in you. My grandma used to say, what's in you is going to come out. It's going to come out. Even if no one sees it, it's going to come out. If perversion is in you, it's going to come out. Whether no one sees it or not, you know, lying, if it's in you, it's going to come out. If, if anger's in you, you know, it's going to come out. You're going to explode. People, you are going to be exposed because what in you, what's in you is going to come out. And it's also going to come out if you are righteous, if you can hold your peace, if you can trust God, if you can abstain from uh, temptation, you know, if you can uh, present your body a living sacrifice, that's going to come out too. It's going to come out what you think about God's word uh, as it pertains to your eating, as, as it pertains to your diet. It's going to come out. Either you're going to show that you're overweight, you're, you know, you can say, I believe God, I trust God, but you're being overweight like that shows that there's a discrepancy between the word that says, whether you eat or drink due to the glory of God, and it talks about not being gluttonous, your behavior shows that you're not in agreement with that. So we think we have a mental consent. Remember, we talked about the dead faith and the demonic faith where we, yeah, I believe God, I believe God, but I'm not going to act on it. I believe that it's wrong to be a gluttonous. I believe that you should eat and drink to the glory of God. I believe that you should, your body is a temple of the Holy Spirit, but then there's no action because your body tells on you, your body harbors all of the truth of what you think, and the, it reveals the truth of what you think. So if, if you have lustful thoughts, you're going to use your body to perform the sexual activity. So you use your body. Your body and your hands, like I said, can be used to magnify God, or they will be used by Satan to uh, glorify Satan. So whoever's running the spiritual ship runs the cognitive shift uh, ship, and then that runs the body. We're governed by either our, our spirit or by our flesh. The Bible says, walk in the spirit that you might not fulfill the lust of the flesh. And we have over-spiritualized things, and we've missed the part where the agreement has broken in the mind. So if you're not in agreement, if you're saying you're the spiritual person, but you don't believe that in your subconscious, then you're not going to do it or you're going to do it, but then you're going to 
have other thoughts about it and you're going to have secret sins. This is how secret sins are developed in the body. So the, the Bible talks about the lust of the flesh, which is our sensuality. It's where we feel. And this is where the enemy capitalizes on um, our weaknesses, on how we feel. Yes, he's the battlefield is in the mind, but he also um, utilizes senses like what we like the five senses the smell the touch the sound the taste the sound um all of those things a picture they all create memories and emotions and it and emotions are just energy and motion so all of those things tap into our minds and they could control you know how we think and what we do so he dangles those things around us and if the if you're walking in just pleasure then he's capitalizing on that, and that's where addiction comes from, right? So we look at it as um, the body keeps score. This is where you remember uh, being separated from God, your heart beating fast, being in sin, being in abuse. Your body harbors that experience, and so when it gets afraid, you could stop at a stop sign too fast, and that 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 anxiety rolls up, and it actually is remembering every event that you had that was near death or that was scary. So the body takes a Photoshop, photographic picture internally of all of your experiences, sad, happy, pleasure, and it stores it, right? And it remembers it. So if you if you smell a certain smell, it could take you back to Christmas. It could take you back to trauma. It can take you back to a home where you were abused. It can take you back to a time when you were married to someone, all of those things are connected. Senses are connected to memory and the feelings are all interconnected. The brain wires and fires together. Like for Christmas, we love the way it smells. So there's an emotion. And then there's music that they play for Christmas in the department stores because they know that they'll, it'll get you back in that mood and then you will shop till you drop. And so it is also the enemy knows that if he could play a song and you'll remember that person you used to be with and you'll remember how you used to love them and now they're gone. So now you're in that mood. So the senses are used against you to make you feel like you're alone. Nobody loves you. And it just, it continues to be used. And it is actually a part of the classical conditioning um, that happens. And that's how we get stuck in addictions like the Pavlo's classical conditioning with the dog when he, he rang the bell and then he fed the dog and then um, the dog would, you know, be ha- would, would be happy. And so eventually what the dog came to understand is when I hear the bell, I'm going to eat. So he would salivate knowing that I'm going, I'm going to eat. The bell means eat. So those things wire to fire together, wire together. So it is like with pornography and with things like that. If you see the image, it causes you to salivate and expect the dopamine begins to drip because you know that when you see that, that's connected to um, pleasure. And, and that pleasure is, an, you don't even have to complete, you will indulge, but I'm saying, but it, it triggers the dopamine, which motivates you to do the action so that you can get the reward, which is the climax at the end of it. And all of those, all of those chemicals are released. So what's happening is the chemicals and the pleasure become connected and it has nothing to do with your consciousness and your ability to govern what's right or wrong. It just becomes a habitual. It's, it's like from your subconscious. It's like the dog. 
that's how you become addicted to things. You know, you see something, uh, if you've had a bad experience with food, say you threw up or something, and um, you see the food that made you sick, now you see that you see it again, and then you think about vomiting. So the those things have been wired together. So the body and the senses, it keeps our behavior alive. It has a, a fresh memory and it tells us um, what what we should go after and what we should stay away from. And the body is so objective, it, it doesn't it doesn't know what's real and what's make believe. So the experiences that we have, it, it makes it feel like we're still in that moment. And that's what PTSD is about because the body has the hippocampus and the body and the energy that we feel in our body. It doesn't discern that this is 2022, but in 1997, I was in danger. It holds the danger experience and you can feel like it is 1997. It doesn't discriminate and say, no, it's 2022. And that's why it's so important for us to understand what we're fighting because some of us are fighting old emotions in our body. And we're saying, oh, it's the devil. Oh, it's the devil. He capitalizes on it, but we're having real emotional experiences that we need to confront and that we need to become aware of and that we need to first calm our bodies down. You know, that's the first line of offense is know that this is a bodily experience, that I'm chemically dependent on opiates. I'm chemically dependent on pornography. I'm chemically dependent on even depression and anger because there is there are emotions that come with that. And you get so used to those emotions that it's in it, those thoughts that you become connected to it. So on purpose, you're going to have to identify it. And then you're going to have to change your mindset. You're going to have to do some mindfulness, meaning just become aware of, I think wrong. Or, you know, when I see, when I go certain places, I get a little anxious. Or when I see certain people, I get upset. You have to notice that and on purpose interrupt that habit by uh, offering something else, by breathing. Breathing calms your body down. You treat your body so that you can get access to your mind. Because if your body is out of sorts, you cannot treat your mind. You have to pay attention to what your body's doing. If your autonomic nervous system is out of whack because of trauma and because you've been through so much and you're a nervous person, then you have to treat that first. You can't go right to the university, which is your prefrontal cortex, and begin to manipulate thoughts and get deep. You have to breathe. You have to you know, maybe rock. There's different things you can do that help you to calm down. There's humming. Humming helps you to calm down. It's the part, it, it is um, in the area of where your vega nerve is. And so it, it signals your body to relax and your heart to beat slower. And when your body is relaxed, it sends a message to your mind that you're safe and that you're okay. And if you're safe and you're okay, you can Go up the ladder to your prefrontal cortex, and then you can start rationalizing and say, "This is 2022. This is 19. This is not 1997. I'm here now. I'm safe." And then you begin to process how you feel about it and how that experience made you feel, and that's where you do your work with adding a complete picture of. I was young, I couldn't defend myself, but now I'm saved and that person was sick or that person didn't have the mothering skills, the father skills, or, you know, that's, you know, you, you put the full circle around it 
and so that you don't have to experience it in your body the same way. When you narrate it differently, then your body will, when it comes up again, you'll remember it differently so you won't have that physiological response. So when we're having physiological responses, we can't call it the devil. We have to know that our body keeps score of trauma that we've been through and of pleasure that we've enjoyed. And we just can't, I rebuke you Satan, um, not so much. We can resist it. And then we also have to treat it. So if we're going to break up with brokenness, we have to know what we're dealing with. You know, we think so easily that people just they can just stop doing what they're doing. No, they're going to have to change their mind and they're going to have to treat their body because there are chemical addictions. You get addicted. You get addicted to, um, you know, just when I smoke this weed, it helps me calm down. Even though marijuana does create depression and anxiety, they have more studies coming out that it increases it. But because it's a placebo effect, because you believe in it. So now your body sees it or you light it up and your body says, okay, we're about to calm down. So your body remembers you thinking you were calm. So now you feel calm. So it works that way. Whatever a man thinketh, so is he. So if you begin to um, have those type of mindsets, your body prepares itself to re- to relax in that way. Be careful what you attach yourself to because your body keeps score. Your body remembers. If you are in a situation where this is how pedophilia gets started because your body remembers it, it takes a picture, the snapshot of um, the senses. Remember, the five senses create habits and memory. So it remembers that as a child, you were fondled by an adult or it was pleasurable by another child. And so the brain fires and wires together. And you remember that that youthful experience and that pleasure. And so now when you see young people, you're incited, your brain, your sensory, you see the image and the memory is attached to it, and then the pleasure is attached to it, and that's the wiring. And you wonder, like, how can this senator be attracted to little boys? How can this school teacher be attracted to little to little boys or girls, and and vice versa? And it's because the body keeps score, and the Bible, the body has a memory, and it wires and fires together. So pleasure and perversion connect. In order to disconnect that, you have to change your mind. And that's for the previous episode that we talked about. But first you have to be aware of and not give yourself permission to act because the body is remembering and telling you, oh, there's a young lady. Uh, I'm going to stare at her because I used to watch porn. And that means I get to stare at her. No, it gets, you get to know that I get to become aware that the reason why I have these, these perverted proclivities is because of my senses and my memories and the the chemical uh, endowment that I've gotten from these sensory experiences. So we want to be very, very careful, and we have to do our part. David said this after he had his fall with Bathsheba. He said, I will put no wicked thing before my eyes. And the reason why he said that is because he saw something good, and his pleasure chemicals went uh, south, and so his body followed. That's what happens when you get caught up in sexual sins. You, your, your eyes, your touch, your, your, you know, the sensories get involved and the pleasure chemicals start, the feel good starts downloading. And before know it, you know it, you're wrapped into it and it becomes a way of your lifestyle. So it's very important to do early intervention. We look at Joseph and what he did was he ran. 
The Bible says, flee youthful lust. So, you know, you can say, Satan, I rebuke you, I rebuke you, and stand right there. No, he's saying resist. It says not only resist, but it says draw nigh to God. So in your resisting, you also have to know how to um, draw closer to God. And then it says um, um, that it acknowledges that when you're so emotionally driven, Remember, it's hard for you to think logically or spiritually. So Joseph ran because his emotions overflooded him, and you know he was in the fight or flight or the freeze or fawn. And so instead of doing all that, he said, "I see where this is going. I'm running." And so we have to to know that that is our option to just not put it before us and to run, not to think, "Oh, I'm spiritual. I can watch this." No, I'm spiritual. I can go to these places with these people, talk to this girl in the car, talk to this guy in the car. I can do these things because I'm spiritual. The Bible says make no provision for the flesh because the body keeps score in memory and it wants to feel good. That's how the enemy drew Eve out of her place. He offered her something that looked good. She saw that it was good to eat. So it was the lust of the eye the lust of the flesh, and the pride of life. It was good to eat, meaning that it was going to be good to her stomach, and it looked good, and it was going to make her wise. So all of those things, it was going to change how she thought about herself, and she was going to get some pleasure in her body, and it looked good. So those are the trappings that we have to avoid, and we can be as spiritual as we want to be, and we can have a cognitive mind that knows the scriptures, and you know, rationally, I have a beautiful wife at home, or I have a wonderful husband at home, but if you put yourself in that predicament where your flesh is leading, it's always going to remember just the basic elements like a dog. This is the memory and this is the pleasure. I want it. And it's going to go after it. It's going to be drawn away because every man is drawn away by his own lust, not the devil, not, you know, your neighbor, but it's what's in you. So you have to know that your body keeps score. It has a memory. And if you're going to break up with brokenness, you have to know that your flesh is broken and it desires the things that are not godly. It's enmity against God. It can never please God. And it doesn't want to serve God. It wants to serve itself. It just wants to feel good. It's into it's the doctrine of feel good. You have a part of you that wants to not exercise, that wants to eat everything, that wants to have all the pleasure, that wants to have the money and not work. And it just wants to feel good. And you have to understand that. And then there's the part of you that is regenerated that you have to discipline that part of you. You have to walk in the spirit. You can't make provision for the flesh. And you have to know the word of God. So how all of this goes together is this. This is how we have to remember. And I want to say this though first. Remember, it's so powerful what we look at and even what we remember because the Lord told Lot's wife not to look back. She looked back in her mind first. She remembered. She might have smelled something or she might have remembered something. And she looked back in her heart first and then she turned. Her body obeyed what was going on in her mind. So we have to be careful of our sensory. We're fighting a sensory war and a bodily war and not just a spiritual war. And Jesus said this to Satan. And when Satan offered him something for his flesh and something for his body, because he was hungry, he had a need, he offers him what he needed. He remembers that food makes you feel good, it tastes good, and it helps you feel good. Jesus was not, he didn't have amnesia about that, and he was hungry. His body had a need, and he knew that. 
And the enemy knew that. So he offered him something, but he told the enemy this, for it is written, um, you know, he knew the word of God. Thou shalt not tempt the Lord thy God. Man shall not live by bread alone. He let his spiritual man control his natural thoughts, and his natural thoughts controlled his body. But if you don't get a hold of the spirit and the mind, your body will just do whatever it wants to do. So that is the key to breaking up with brokenness and understanding the body's role and keeping you in brokenness. And it's not enough to try to stop doing this, stop doing that. You have to change your thought about thoughts about it. And the way to change your thoughts about it is to get godly thoughts. And then the godly thoughts will help you to change your behavior. So that is segment three of breaking up with brokenness that occurs and the body's role in breaking up with brokenness. God bless you.